So wait, we're ready. Oh yeah, it's going. All right, hold on. I need a refill right now. I'm stopping with <laughs> making a stop in the pit crew. I hate that this is recording right now. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Hey. <laughs> it's hump day. day. It's Wednesday. Yes. Welcome back. Episode 26 of the Below Average Joe's UFC podcast. Oof. And this one's a little extra special, Dom. <laughs> a little special. dash. Little a little dash razzle dazzle. Special. <laughs> and today... As you can tell, if you're watching this on YouTube anyways, you can yeah, tell, or right. by the title. Right, um, right. You can tell that today, we're going to be going over the fight, the fight for each division that we want to see most. Well, what's really poking at us? Yeah. Saying, hey, pick me, pick me. This doesn't mean it has to be a title fight. Right. It doesn't even mean it has to be ranked fighters. Right. There's no, no strings on me. There's really no criteria here. Yeah. It's literally whatever strikes us as being the fight that would get us the most yes. excited to see. At the state of the divisions right now, what's really getting us out of bed? Of course. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think with that being said, I think we might just be ready to kind of hop in here. Dive in. Now, we'll start with, uh, you want to start with the women? Yeah, lowest to highest. Start lowest to highest women, and then we'll do men lowest to highest. Okay. So, we start with women's straw weight. Oh, yeah. The 115-pound division. Oh, yeah. Dom, what is your fight for this division? Remember me. The champion, Li Zhang, has to fight number three ranked, undefeated, <clears throat> female Habib, Tatiana Suarez. It has to happen. The champ is here. I need this to happen. You have been, calling, all, you've all, been calling for a Tatiana yes, title fight for a while. I need this. Mm-hmm. Again, it helps when there's no criteria because obviously Whaley's probably going to fight Rose. Tatiana <clears throat> don't have a fight booked. Right. This is what I want to see. Okay, whether it be after Rose fight or down the road, I don't even care. This fight has to happen. Yeah, striker, grappler, mm-hmm. classic the classic matchup right there. Twenty one fight win streak, undefeated nine or ten and zero. Fireworks. Yeah, that's a think about it. <clears throat> Can Tantiana get Waylee to the ground? Can Waylee stop Tantiana's wrestling? Can Waylee knock Tantiana out? Can Tantiana submit Waylee? So many questions. And There's I mean, only one way to answer it. Fight. Go. Fight. Have, a, have a go. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> fight. That's what I need. That's my women's strawweight fight, and that's just a banger to start the episode in my Yeah, opinion. you've really been calling for that Suarez title fight for a while. I, I really foresee that it's going to happen. <clears throat> it's I, not if, it's when. So what's funny is, for mine, I also have Tatiana Suarez, but I don't quite have her fighting for a belt. I think if... Again, when we're going over our criteria, which is simply which one excites right, us the most, right, right. I feel like I would have a slight pause if she was announced for a title fight right now. Not that that fight wouldn't be great on paper. Yeah. But there's one fight that sticks out to me a little bit more for, for her. Tantiana. 
And that is uh, number one ranked Rose Namajunas. Oh, man. Now, you're kind of going, it's kind of the same thing there. It's kind of more of a striker versus more of a grappler. Rose, though. No, Rose, look, Rose can do it all. I go as far as saying, from what we've seen anyways, from Rose and Wei Lee, Rose has the better ground game. Therefore, theoretically, should be able to fend herself a little better on the ground with Tatiana. Tatiana's going to have a clear size advantage here. But Rose, and Rose has never been much of a, despite like the Joanna knockout, she's never really been like a power striker. She's so... She's punches and bunches. Yeah, and so technical. Very technical. perfectly... And I just think that both... But I do think that Tatiana's size can present a problem. Look, Jessica Andrade was not necessarily large. She wasn't taller than Rose. But she was strong. Yeah, like thicker than Rose. And Rose did not seem to have a problem with handling her, but then it just took that one slam in that first fight anyways... And, and it saw was how over. great the second fight was. So I'd be curious to see how she could handle the female Habib. Yeah. As you keep referring to her as. I, I mean, that's this, a great number one contender type well, fight, too. And you also have to think that <clears throat> despite Whaley, who's been... Look, Whaley is making a name for herself right now, especially with that market that she's the first Chinese UFC champion. I've never been so excited to see a woman in the UFC fight again. Like, I'm yeah. ready for Whaley to yeah. fight again. But right now, the person who is the biggest name in that division is Rose Namajunas. Yeah. Right now. So for Tatiana to potentially get a big win over her... Kind of solidify herself. Yeah, because she's she's not been as active. Yeah, that's the problem. For her, it's just... I feel like she would be bigger right now if not for inactivity. It's kind of like when you keep making these Habib comparisons. Remember, Habib went about two years without fighting. People don't remember that. Like, he didn't become champion until 2017, I they're, they're similar in many ways. But he could have been champion well before that. And you could you could say Tamiana could be champ right now. Yeah, you, don't, could, you, just you just don't, don't know. know. So I think that that's the fight that I would like to see most. I was very close to doing Whaley and Rose because I think that fight has the makings of a classic just like her, Whaley versus Joanna was. Thankfully, it's looking like that's what we're going to see. Yeah. But I, I went with this one just because I felt like it, I would be a little more excited for Tatiana yeah. to get that opportunity and for Rose to, like, in a way, I don't want to say shock the world again because she would probably be favored in the matchup, but in a way I think people would be overlooking her, like the the analyst yeah. might overlook her in that matchup. Yeah. But, yeah, that's my flyweight. Or <laughs> You always got me fucked up Strong. after after that. Listen. So that's my strawweight fight. We move on to women's flyweight. A very interesting division. It's yeah. arguably the second hottest division right now. For women's. If we're talking about like the, I don't know, like where they're trending the division is. Like I would say it's above Bantamweight at this point. Yeah. I think it's. Bantamweight had a good night on Saturday. Did, but yeah. in a way it also kind of shot itself in the foot. Cause the same people. No, there was no clear contender <laughs> right. for Amanda right now. Yeah. But for flyweight, even though like it's a lot of relatively unknowns when you get to the back of the pack, that front group, then you got like Andrade moving up, yeah. things like that. That's a really exciting one. Yeah, she's so, fighting Chukagian, uh, right? Yeah. So God, I forgot about so that. So this is a fight that I've talked about mm-hmm. before, and I'm gonna do it again. Oh, 
It's the champ champ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't use Whaley for uh, strawweight because I want I I know like I get it. She probably needs like one more defense to really solidify like that that like earning it I yeah. guess. But when you have her first title defense be potentially one of or arguably a top five fight of all time. Yeah. I'm ready to see her fight. I mean, Joanna's one of the best to ever do it. Imagine a Whaley Valentina. Like, really so that's what I'm saying here. I guess yeah. I didn't give a chance to say Valentina. Oh, yeah. So this is for this Valentina being the dominant flyweight champion. Right now, there's not really anybody sticking out to me that's like a, that at least excites me as much as this fight does. Yeah. I mean, if we're being honest, like I get it. I get fatigued with the whole champ champ stuff too. But Whaley's the type who could conceivably, if she were to win, do what Amanda's been doing and going back and forth. Yeah. Conceivably, she could. I mean, it, we don't... She, it, I feel like she would have the build, the build to be able to do that. Yeah. Because she's strong enough and built enough to fight at flyweight, I'd have yeah. to imagine. And let's say that that's not her plan. Well, then she's just moving up to flyweight, which I don't look at as being a problem at boost that division yeah and then it opens up straw weight for another one for your girl tatiana and yeah. people like that so oh i'd love to in see this that potential fight. matchup you got valentina who i would say based off what we've seen is the more technical striker but what's some power don't get me yeah. wrong jessica i knockout <laughs> especially i guess i should say power with the leg kicks yeah, i should yeah. say going up against way lee who, from what we've seen, has a power advantage. And yeah. the, the, she throws heat in them hands. Punches and bunches. And too. not that she lacks technique. You know, this isn't like an Nganu where I would go out of my way yeah. to say yeah. that they lack technique. I, I think she has it. It's just, you know, which one has it more, right? Yeah. So, Whaley, I think, has the power advantage. Valentina has the technique advantage. This, to me, comes off like a fight that's going to be a stand-up war. Much like Whaley versus Joanna, can Whaley hold up for another war like that? Is she going to become like Robbie Lawler? Oh, <laughs> Two wars and then she's her chin just goes away. And I hope she, not. You know, it's just a that lot fight. of that fight to me. Like Valentina needs a challenge. That would be a and challenge. I'm not saying Jennifer Maya, who she's as of now scheduled the yeah. fight in November. I'm not saying that Maya doesn't present a challenge. I just, for me right now, I don't see her beating Valentina. Right. And there's really nobody else in that division. Even someone who I love, like Jessica Andrade, I don't really see Andrade beating her either. So this is the fight to me where that would answer the most questions about Valentina, if there are any, mm-hmm. if she were to come out on top. And for Wei Li, it could solidify her as one of the biggest stars. She could be one of the biggest stars in she the company. She could be a superstar, yeah. So that, that's the fight. She could be me. the biggest women's star since Ronda Rousey. I know they probably wouldn't do it, but to me, you could use this as a headliner. Oh, I would love that. I think that would be so cool. But I, I know they probably wouldn't just because, at least if you're talking about right now. Yeah. I, those two women, as great as they are, they're not necessarily like going to, like, at this point... They may not sell big enough, even though it's a champ champ and mm-hmm. everything. May not sell big enough to headline, but I would I would be totally down to see this headline a card. If there is that next women's super fight, you know, mm-hmm. we had uh, 
really, I look at Joanna Valentina as the first. Mm-hmm. Then we had Cyborg and Nunes. This would be the next one. In terms of a women's super fight, that has it written all over it. I'd love to see that fight down the road. I think it's very possible we see that fight down the road. Yeah, I I, I guess it wouldn't it might make it, again, it makes more sense if, if Whaley is able to beat Rose and Valentina beat Maya, I say you book it. Come so. spring, late spring, March, April, I say that fight should be headlining a card or co maining a card. I ho- I'd, hopefully we get Whaley Rose. Oh, that's yeah. I guess that's the assumption Soon, right I, now. They haven't really said, but well, yeah. Dana. I do remember Dana saying like a week ago or so that the plan is still for her versus Rose. So maybe in December. I mean, Rose did technically just fight three months ago. Yeah. Or two months ago, two fifty one. Yeah, yeah. So you know, she's she can take a little bit of time. That was a war too with yeah. Andrade. And I mean, really, Wei Lee is probably still <laughs> in some ways recovering because it's yeah. really only been that was two forty eight. So that was. Seven months ago? Yeah. Give her, or that was uh, March 7th. So, yeah, seven months yeah. as of the day this is yeah. uh, out, actually. So, I, understandably, she might need a, a couple more months. Yeah. But that's the fight for me. Um, I, I'm going to keep. I brought it up multiple times before. Yeah. It makes sense. I have a fight like that on my list. So okay. Don't worry. So, uh, I'll let you go into your flyweight. My fight. women's flyweight is number one, Caitlin Chukagian. And number two ranked Cynthia Calvillo. That's that's definitely out of left field. Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just I'm curious to see. How I really you... like this as a stylistic matchup. Right. So for those that don't know, Cynthia Calvillo, Calvillo, uh, used to be a strawweight fighter. Just bumped up to flyweight recently and got her first win. Uh, you're gonna have to help me on who that was against. I'm gonna Calvillo. Have yeah. What was her first flyweight win? Jessica I, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. It was Jessica I. Uh, it was the main event actually. Yeah. Of a fight night. So, she's right in there already at number two. Chukagian, on the other hand, fought Valentina for the title. Didn't come up uh, with the win in that one. Then immediately bounces back and beats Valentina's sister, which I thought was hilarious <laughs> that they did that, by the way. Um, but this is a really good stylistic matchup. A fight for Cynthia to prove that she belongs in the flyweight division. And obviously beating a number one ranked Chukagian. You're right there next in line for a title, especially in a division like this. Yeah. And for Caitlin, she can fend off this, you know, rising prospect that's had a lot of hype behind her ever, ever since she came into the UFC. Um, and then prove that she's ready to rematch Valentina, of course, after the Jennifer Maya fight. And both of these women are great wrestlers. And I think it's an interesting matchup that could potentially lead to them staying on the feet. Because sometimes when we have the wrestler versus wrestler... It doesn't always work out that way, i.e. Yeah. Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman. Yeah. Um, and I think that's honestly just a, a fight that makes sense and would be important for the division anyways. Um, I really like that fight. It really stood out to me when looking at those rankings in that division. Nice. I like it. I like that it's not an obvious one. I got a few of those. Yeah. I would say my next one's actually <clears throat> much in that, uh, closer to that echelon mm-hmm. of like, not one that's going to stick out to you because I'm not using Amanda Nunes for Bantamweight. I'm not either. I honestly don't feel like anyone in that division has earned it yet. Yeah, we. I mean, we touched on that on Monday <clears throat> on the recap episode. Yeah. There's still a lot that has to play out. So right now, you know, if you guys were listening to our much of our talk on Monday about where the Bantamweight division's at now and 
kind of where it's moving forward. There's a lot of rematches kind of going on. Not just rematches, but it was very simple for us to kind of book those four women and those yeah. on the main card it for the future. It just made sense. Just to book winner versus winner, loser versus loser. I can't, even though like I want to see JDR and Holly Holm too, I cannot in good faith put that on here because the first one is a fight I despise so much. Yeah. And I'm not going to do Aldana and Pena either. I'm actually going to go with number three, Aspen Ladd, versus number seven, Ketlin Vieira. That's mine. Is it really? Yep, that was mine. Okay. So I like cool. when we, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. And I actually believe you had mentioned that fight to me before. So I, I can't say that I'm surprised that we picked it because that is a... Uh, look, they're both, both these women are... On one fight, they've won their last fight. Yeah. Fight before that, getting brutally KO'd. Yep. Aspen Lads being a little more controversial, yeah. but in 16 seconds to JDR. Against GDR, yeah. While uh, everybody's seen the Ketlin Bear knockout, yeah. get knocked out by Aldana the way she did, just brutal. Um, this is a prove-it fight. Yep. Because these are two that women that have been big prospects in this division. Yep. They were looked at as ones that could potentially pick up the torch when Amanda Nunes is on her way out. Yeah, I mean, Aspen was literally undefeated <clears throat> up until yeah. that fight with uh, GDR. Yeah. So she had a ton of hype. And I was big on Ketlin Vieira. I still am, but it, it definitely... when you In women's fights, man, you don't see that many brutal knockouts. Yeah. So to see her get so brutally KO'd like that, it definitely stung the hype a little bit. She was undefeated too, so yeah. shit, yeah. That's good enough to seal the deal right so there. So to me, this potential matchup, when you have JDR, did I say JDR? GDR. GDR. <laughs> GDR versus Home, and then you have Aldana versus Pena, like... To me, we literally have the, the, winner, seven. The, the winner of Aspen Ladd and Ketlin Vieira, I think, would earn a title shot yeah. over either of those two yep, matchups. I agree. Because you got the two losers, Aldana Pena, who would only be on a one-fight win streak. Yep. GDR and Holly Holm have both lost to Amanda convincingly. Yep. I think that this is a potential, it's in a weird way, contender. it's number three versus number seven, but I feel like it's a title win. I later. completely agree. So did you have anything else you wanted to add to that? Uh, you basically took every detail. I mean, that, <clears throat> I think it's a fight that makes the most sense. A fight that I think might actually happen. Yeah. Uh, nine and one for Aspen, eleven and one for Ketlin. Number three versus number seven. Both, I like you. You covered it. Like it's a fight that makes sense stylistically. It's a fun fight. Aspen's a technical striker that can wrestle. Ketlin has the power and can also wrestle. We saw that in her fight with Eubanks. How good of a wrestler she is. Yeah. That's a great fight. I agree. I think that's hilarious that we. Yeah. had that but it, it just makes sense I kind of wondered if you would because I remember in the back of my mind you were the one that said that to me probably on Sunday but yeah this next division though I think is um, probably this, the hardest one uh, can I just be honest I feel like I know what you're picking here um, I wrote Amanda Nunes versus uh, literally anyone <coughs> Okay, that's not what I thought you were going to do. I thought you were going to do her versus Megan Anderson. Oh, I that's mean, the fight. I'm definitely excited for that in yeah. December. Uh, I just, I guess I didn't 
write it because it's already happening technically so this is funny this is kind of funny because i feel like we're both kind of cheating with ours here because you said her versus literally anybody i get it yeah we're huge amanda nunez fans we yeah. stand yeah amanda yes the goat so just to see her fight again yes it's a treat right give me another invicta champ you want to know how i cheated how it, this is like a complete you, cheat she retired no, Gives up the belt. I said. <laughs> I, I said Amanda Nunes versus Chris Cyborg too. Oh my god! So I was okay. not expecting that. Okay, so for those of you that don't, that aren't aware, oh, yeah. Um, Chris Cyborg, we've talked about her multiple times. We even talked about her on Monday. I'm pretty sure or Friday, one of the two. Yeah. She was looked at as probably the women's goat. Yep. It was like her and Rousey before Amanda kind of blew up the way she did. Or took over the world, I should yeah. say. Took over the women's fighting. Um, they get matched up at UFC 232, headlined by uh, John Jones and Alexander Gustafson, their rematch. Um, this was Amanda going up in weight for the first time to try to become champ champ and beat Cyborg, who hadn't lost in, in a, a decade. decade, yeah. And Amanda herself hadn't lost in like eight years or seven years or something like that. So what you end up getting though is Amanda starches her. Yes, and about forty. I think she beat. Actually, I think she knocked her out in less time than it took her to knock out Rousey. That's funny. And both happened in under fifty seconds. And what's funny is it was a forty-some second fight, and it was probably my favorite fight of the that that Cyborg did land. Look, so this is what I was gonna say. The takeaway from the fight was that Amanda starched Cyborg, which is true. Yeah. She did. She ran through her. She put her to sleep. But face plant. Cyborg did land a yeah, couple shots. Did. Yep. And those couple shots definitely at least somewhat wobbled or hurt Amanda. But Amanda didn't back down, kept bringing that pressure as champ shit only. Yeah. Um to me that like okay, also <laughs> the reason this is cheating <laughs> is because Cyborg is now not even in the UFC. Yeah. She is the women's champion, probably for featherweight, I'm assuming, yep. over in at Bellator. Bellator. Yep. So this fight literally will not happen. I highly doubt it. Yeah, especially because the ties between the UFC brass and, and uh, Chris Cyborg appear to be severed. Yeah, that's true. Um, for many for many reasons. Um, she's definitely a big, she's big on the Bellator versus UFC thing right now. Um, she was calling for the rematch after the fight. Dana wasn't too interested in yeah, it. Yeah, and he was even saying like she didn't want it. Yeah, so it's it, just like you know, yeah. you don't know what's going on yeah. there. Some, I think it's there's some underhand negotiations going on there. Listen, at the end of the day, when you look at the rankings for the women's featherweight <clears throat> division in the UFC, there aren't any. There aren't any. There's a picture of one person. And it's Amanda. So, I, it was either her and Cyborg or her and Megan Anderson. And the Megan Anderson fight is interesting. Megan be, is going to be the larger girl in that fight. Yeah. And she does present something. I kind of I just, just, to me, like, I just thought what would interest me more. Yeah. Since I am kind of cheating, I guess technically I'm saying Nunes versus Anderson, but... Mm-hmm. I, I I just wanted to give Cyborg her due, yeah, because that was a rematch that I would would have been excited to see because I think it could have went differently. I'm not yeah. saying Cyborg would have won, 
But we could have got a hell of a fight if mm. it would have went any longer. Yeah, that's true. Because honestly, those forty seconds. I don't ever want to went out of the first round. Regardless. It was so fun to watch yeah. for those forty seconds. So so clean, landing perfectly. It was man. wild. Um, but yeah, that I mean, that's really the only fight I could justify picking. Here. Yeah, I mean, it, my thought process here is okay. Amanda's defending the featherweight belt in December against Megan Anderson. Assuming she wins that, her next title defense will probably be at Bantamweight. She kind of tweeted that over the weekend. She's going to be busy next year. So then you figure, well, if she beats Megan, then there's nobody else at Featherweight. But it gives the UFC time. And uh, I'm thinking specifically to Invicta, Mm -hmm. who's kind of this um, sister organization of the UFC. I call them, they're like the women's minor leagues. Right, because it's all women's fighters there. That's where a lot of women's champions and fighters a lot of prospects come up through invicta um and they have a featherweight division there of course uh that's where megan anderson came from she was champ there felicia spencer came from there like you name it these big name women that are in the ufc now came from invicta so it gives the ufc time and invicta time to establish a champion in invicta i don't know who it is off the top of my head obviously (laughs) but say that champ women's featherweight continues to reign then you bring her up to the UFC, and that can be Amanda's next fight. You want to I mean, know a dark horse that I just thought of? This is also cheating. What's that? Amanda Nunes again, obviously. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with Kayla Harrison? Yeah, I... Now, she, I believe, she is a lightweight. lightweight. Yeah. And I, from what I understand, it would be tough for her to even cut down to 145. I, she's very big. But we have somewhat of a connection to Kayla. We do. I would love to see her in the UFC one day. Because she literally is from a town that's like five Five to ten minutes from where we grew up. Yeah. Like literally I I like um, it's literally probably a five minute drive from the house I grew up at. Yeah. She uh, for those of you who don't know who Kayla Harrison is she's the women's lightweight. Yes. Women's lightweight is a thing in the PFL. Yeah. Uh, She's the lightweight champion there was an Olympic gold medalist in judo wrestling. Yep. All the accolades in the world transitioned over to the MMA. She's undefeated, dominates every fight she has. She's, she trains at American Top Team. She's big. She's amazing. Uh, I don't know if she could do 145. I don't know either. I Okay, to be completely Like we're talking catch weight. To be transparent, I have not actually watched any of her fights. Oh. I know. I know. She's incredible. I'm definitely, that's Jeez. definitely, like, shitty of me, but I just, it, I've never been able to catch him, basically. So I, I'm not, like, I've seen, obviously, like, pictures of her. I've seen certain clips. Um, so I've seen, I've gotten the gist <laughs> enough to where I'm like, all right, I want her in the UFC. She's a real threat. I think she is. The problem is, there's not a lot of women's lightweight fighters. Well, they Hence they already struggle. They already struggle enough to yeah. put pe- featherweight yeah, women's exactly. fighters on the Let roster. alone ten more pounds at one fifty five. Yeah, so, so it would all depend on if she can make one forty five because she's big. I would see a fight with her and Cyborg happening before her and Nunes. Because I just feel like uh, Scott Coker, she could Bellator totally, president's more open to that type yeah, of stuff. She could totally go to Bellator. Uh, and the PFL's not doing fights right now, so there's a lot of stuff going on with them. And yeah. Kayla wants to fight, so. I could see her and Cyborg before I see her. In Actually, that fight would 
if she went to Bellator. And again, like a catch weight. I could totally see her going to Bellator. Actually, I'd probably say I bet there's a greater chance she goes to Bellator than the UFC. And I could I could see Bellator creating a division for her. Mm-hmm. I really could. Bellator, like, don't sleep on Bellator. We may not follow it, we, obviously, we as much. We have slept on you know Bellator I mean? a little bit. But, like, they know their shit. I'll put it that way. I have big plans for us in the future to try and start digging deeper into Yeah, Bellator. essentially, you know, MMA. Like, right now, like, our, uh, I don't know if this is, like, too much behind the curtain, but... Really long term, we don't want to. Even though the UFC is the premier organization, it's the NFL, it's the NBA, it's the MLB, the NHL, whatever. It is the premier MMA organization. But with MMA, it's not like there's. It doesn't feel like in comparison to like. You can't watch when you watch the XFL, for example, in football. It's fun to watch, but you definitely notice the dip. And like quality, right. right? But if you watch Bellator, I don't even know if Bellator is a good example. If you watch um, like one one FC, you don't notice that because ultimately you have two fighters that are at the same caliber going up against each other. Yeah, and they still are very talented. So for the most part, you don't really notice a dip when you're talking about those like four or five organizations I'm talking outside of the UFC right. Bellator Ryzen PFL 1FC yep. like those are sticking out to me as like there's not like such a dip that it's like if you're watching you go wow these people aren't as good yeah. as the UFC and, and, and for like, women's Invicta yeah. right you know I mean there's just so many well like you said we're really going on a tangent yeah. but Long story short, like the NFL, for example, or I guess NBA is probably better. It's NBA. There's not uh, an MBBA. You know what I'm saying? There's an NBA for the men. There's a WNBA for the women. Right. And then there's a G League, which is a minor league affiliate, so you can't even compare that to the mixed martial arts because it's like the UFC and then, oh, another huge organization in Bellator that does their own thing and with no relation to the UFC. Right. It's just – it's so much different. But I, I, I know this is definitely a tangent, yeah, yeah, but we, I just wanted to put it out there that even though we're right now the Below Average Joe's UFC podcast, I think in the future you could see a potential slight tweak to that yeah, and us tweak be, to the name. be the MMA podcast right. because ultimately... It really just... Ultimately, uh, it's... But right now, what are what do we know? We know UFC. Yeah. And we're not going to pretend like we're... Yeah, like, we can't sit here and go on... We can't break down a Bellator fight coming up. No. Without doing extensive research. Yeah, and the problem you know? and the problem really is when you... This is... Man, this is really a tangent, <laughs> but I'm cool with this. Uh, the biggest thing that has held us back from really checking out all these other cards... That cash. You have to be invested financially to yeah. really get into some of these. Yeah, and just Now, the time I will and... say 1FC, I believe... You can check out a lot of their cards on YouTube. Yeah. Bellator, however, you got to get to zone. Right. Well, now they're uh, actually they just well, Paramount Networks. You can watch some, right. but now I don't know actually if they do they're all moving over to CBS. I believe they just really. Made a deal, I believe. That's huge. That's huge. For yeah, them. I do remember seeing that. But I believe it a lot. I don't know for sure, but I think cards will like the big cards will still be on the zone. I don't know. 
DAZN's like 25 bucks a month. Yeah. That's a big investment for what's ultimately we would be getting it for a second, a B-tier MMA organization. Right. At the end of the day. There's just so many... There's a lot of factors. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just behind the curtain. Big plans coming for yeah. that kind of stuff. Anyways, that's the end of our women's fights. With <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> that, uh, I'm, you know, I'm happy with that. Yeah, though. <laughs> I mean, what, what's a podcast without a little tangent yeah, here and there? Yeah, of course. But that now, was definitely our longest one. Yeah, we are we are moving on to our men's divisions here now. We the, start with flyweight, 125 men's division. The most slept on division. The most terrifying champion in the UFC. I'm curious if you have him in your fight. I do. Yeah. You know who I got him up against? Who do you have him up against? Our boy, Brandon Royval. Really? I do. I'm shocked. I am shocked. Now, this is me saying, okay, Royval's fighting Brandon Moreno. Royval beats Moreno. Boom. Title shot. Yeah. Three fights in. Which UFC I career. completely agree with. I am shocked that you actually went with Royval there. I think that's awesome. Because I'm the bit. I, well,. I know you love right. You but, love Raw Dog Roy Val too, but I feel like I probably have a slight more yes. Like I agree to the point where like that's my dude in yeah. that division. Huh? Interesting. I'm I'm very happy with that by the way. But I, I'm go ahead. And I think Roy you. Val presents a challenge at the end of the day. I want to see Davison get challenged because recently it'll look like that motherfucker gets challenged. Well, you know, this is all kind of going off of to his last two fights, really. He was relatively unknown before he yeah. kind of beat us. I think we even mentioned that on another episode. I mean, he's not even undefeated in the UFC. He's lost before. Yeah. Now, His those Benavidez fights, the first one, a lot of controversy there, but he still knocks out Benavidez uh, devastatingly. Yes. But that second fight, again, we we went on tangents about it. Yeah. <laughs> just disgusting. Horror, horror movie. Happy Halloween. So... He does have, like, just that fight alone, really those two fights has garnered him this reputation. It's just to do it against a guy like Benavidez, you know. But there's no doubt in my mind that as scary as he is, he's Beatable, right? Everybody's beatable. That's the best thing. He has not not reached that level yet where I question if anybody in that top tier can beat him. And I think this would be big for Roy Val. Again, this is a guy that is two fights in his UFC career. Yeah. 2-0. Two top contenders, two submissions, two performances of the night. Love the guy, like super humble, nice, yeah. well spoken. In a big fight against Moreno, I especially if he finishes Moreno, dude. Here you go. Yeah. Here's Davison in the championship belt on a silver platter for you to go in fight. That in your fourth fight. Davison's gonna be the bigger guy. Yes. He's going to be the, the he's gonna have the advantage on the feet. Oh yeah. Roy Val, however, is the taller, going to be the lankier Probably has a bigger reach. Don't know that for sure. I like the challenge he presents on the ground. I that's gonna uh, that was where I was gonna go with that. Uh, if he can get that fight to the ground, you, we could be in. Really though, what's so interesting about that matchup is both these guys were still learning so much about. Yeah. Yep. Like, can you sit here and confidently say that Roy Val has a better ground game than Davison? We don't know. I that guess for sure. not with a hundred percent confidence. And then. Can you, even though Davison on the feet has looked terrifying, can you necessarily say that with 100% confidence that Davison will have a sh- overall striking advantage over Roy Val? I mean, I guess not 100%. No. I'm not power advantage. I think you can make yeah. that. But yeah. I'm saying just the striking advantage in general. 
technique, yeah. everything. I think it's intriguing. That's very intriguing. I mean, imagine if Roy Val were to submit Moreno coming up next, next month. Three fights, three submissions. The world is yours. That's a. I think that's an awesome fight. That'd be a fun one. Randy Roy Val has a lot of hype behind him right now. Yeah. And Davison has a lot of hype behind him. This is... This is what we need for that men's flyweight yeah. division right now. Guys with height behind them. And here's two, just for example. The two biggest names in the division right now. Yeah. Bigger than Benavidez, even. So I agree. Benavidez is the third biggest name. Yeah. And he's coming off two losses. So, yeah. that's. I'm glad I shocked you a little. Yeah, that was not. That was champion uh, Davison in number six. Number, yeah. Brandon Roy Val. Oh, yeah. Updated rankings. He's number yeah. six now. So... For mine, I also have Brandon Royval. I didn't doubt that you would. The number six guy. Uh, I am a big fan of Raw Dog Royval. But I don't have him against Davison here. I think I have a guess. <clears throat> I want to see him versus Joseph Benavidez. Oh, that was not my guess. <laughs> so. Interesting. Benavidez's career is at a bit of a crossroads. Yeah. He. He's at that spot where. <clears throat> you knows. have to wonder how much he has left, right? Well, especially knowing you're not going to get another title. Fight. Yeah, like you have to wonder how much he wants to keep going. I'm sure he wants to, but I mean, as far as like, can he? I mean, 36 years old. As long I, as Davison is champion, he will never get another title shot. I'd imagine, and I think he even kind of said this after he lost to Davison. He doesn't want to go out on a loss, so I think he we he. Bleh, bleh. He would be content with winning his next fight and going out on a win. That's what I think. So this matchup is similar to how I saw, um, if you remember a fight a few years ago, when Yair Rodriguez was on his come up, which he kind of still is, but much earlier on. And he went up against Frankie Edgar. Yeah. And Frankie smashed him. Oh, man. But going into that fight. Everybody doubted Frankie. People doubted Frankie, but there was also just like, is he really gonna, like, is he gonna finish Frankie? Like, it, yeah, because at that time Frankie had never been finished. Right. This matchup is somewhat similar to me. Yeah, yeah. Everybody would be counting out Benavidez, and I, I would be too, because I'm all I would on, be picking Roy. I'm Val. all on the Roy Val train, but this would be the fight. As much as I want to see Moreno, kind of, I, I like Moreno getting that fight, so it kind of, both guys can kind of, like really capitalize off a win over the other. This one, however, is more for one, does Benavidez finish out finish his career on top, stopping a hype train, showing that he still has it. Yeah. While Roy Val can go in and try to be the legend killer. And that's the number one guy in the division. I think that's a fight that is not out of the realm. Benavidez always puts on a great fight. Roy Val and his two fights has put on back-to-back fight of the nights i'm pretty sure yeah he's gotten 250g baby <laughs> thanks luke <laughs> so for roy val here and benavidez i think they would put on an absolute show i can't say as confidently that roy val and moreno will put on quite that same level of show i think we're going to see a uh, moreno has i think we're going to see a little grappling match with with moreno the oh, actual right. fight that's happening brandon brandon square yeah I, I i agree with that i brandon has a more safe style so he he has a lot of decisions on his record not that there's anything wrong with that i'm not saying he's been in boring fights i'm just calling it as it is while benavidez and roy val 
uh, more so Benavidez. Sure, he's had his fair share of decisions, but that guy has put on classics. Yep. And I think that this is like the vet versus the up and comer. Yep. But it, but it wouldn't in my eyes. I could be wrong. Roy Val could go in there and destroy him, and everybody's like, "Why did this fight get made?" Right. I don't think it would be as one sided as maybe people would think. People are going to count out Benavidez because of his last two losses, especially the last one, how bad that was for him. But the lead-up to it, he was on fire. I mean, he right. earned a title shot again. So uh, that's kind of where I stand there. Um, I just I just, I don't know. There's something interesting to that matchup to me. There's just something that makes me gravitate towards it. I like it. I think it's a fight that's not out of the realm of possibility. I was close to doing Davison Cody Garbrandt actually. Even though we're kind of scared of that fight for yeah. Cody cuz we are big Cody fans, I just think that that fight that fight definitely did have me like excited. Yeah. More so than Figgy versus Perez. Alex Perez. Yeah. Not to saying that won't be a good fight, but Garbrandt Davison It's the name. Sure, and it just the fact that I think... And just stylistically. I've seen from Cody that that guy always put... Win or lose. Yeah, Cody's going out to... Yeah. He's always putting on a show, and Davison has showed nothing less than that as well. Yep. But I'll leave it there. I like that. That's a good mm-hmm. fight. So now we move on to Bantamweight. This is where my first honorable mention yep. will ha- occur. So do you want to do that first? So my honorable mention for men's Bantamweight, I just want to... I've got uh, let's see one two I have five total honorable mentions and they all start here so obviously I haven't had any yet so this is my first one I had to mention it we've got the legend the matchup of legends number five Frankie Edgar number ten Dominic Cruz a fight that's already had <clears throat> talks immediately yeah. after Frankie's win and his bantamweight debut neither one of these dudes have anything else to prove. They could ride off into the sunset, guaranteed UFC Hall of Fame, right? Safe to say. Mm-hmm. But why not? If they both still have the hunger to fight, why not pair them together? Never have fought before. Why give them these up-and-coming prospects that are still young and in their prime? Let's do this fight, man. I think it's a fight that like might it. even happen, but it's really exciting to me. So I just wanted to throw it in. Yeah. That's my honorable mention. It's like giving, giving their due. Yes. So, but the fight on my list, the Magic Man, number one ranked Marlon Marais, who's fighting this Saturday that will be breaking down on Friday. Mm-hmm. Nice plug. Versus No Love. <laughs> number three ranked Cody Garbrandt. I have the same fight. That's I have the same exact fight. That's a mic drop fight. See ya. Sign me up. Someone going. To Someone's sleep. going to sleep. Yep. Precisely. <laughs> If we're talking stylistically, that might be one of my favorite stylistic matchups on my whole list. They're the two hardest punchers in that whole division. Yeah, it's not close. I, yeah, I would say there's a distinct power. We're talking one punch, one kick, like one shot, you're going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, see Cody's last fight, for an example. See Marlon's fight against Aljamain Sterling, as an example. Or Jimmy Rivera. Or Jimmy Rivera. I Okay, on to the next division. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, think about it. That yeah. fight, and um, in terms of title shot implications, number one, number three, it makes sense. Um, again, this is all what we want to see. Of course, we know Cody's probably going to fight at flyweight, and Marlins, of course, is fighting Saturday. 
But I think it's genuinely a fight that makes sense, especially when Marlon's coming off that controversial win over Aldo. So technically, like, yeah, if he beats Sanhagen on uh, Saturday, he'd be on a two-fight win streak. There's a new champion, so he can kind of justify that title shot. But Cody's coming off a big win. Maybe Marlon should get one more win against a guy like Cody. Cody needs one more win to get back to the title. It just makes sense. I like it. And someone's going to sleep. I, I mean, I like it, obviously. <laughs> I, that's the fight I picked. So we've had two so far. Yeah, and um, yeah, I really can't say it any better. Just stylistically, let's be honest. Sure, some of the best fights of all time are decisions. But we love seeing people go to sleep. We do. <laughs> it's the it's the animal in us, right? Yeah. You know, we just can't help it. The savage. Yes. That That's a fight that's... <laughs> You know when Dana's saying about Adesanya Costa, like... Fight this, of the year. There's a guaranteed, like, yeah. all-time classic. Someone in this fight's getting a bonus. To me, this fight is, like, one I would guarantee would be... like Fireworks. Like, if I wanted to show someone MMA for the first time... It would be that. I would ask them to watch that potential card. Couldn't agree more. Especially because he's from Ohio, too. Yeah, so you have right. that. We have that added right. element in there. But, yeah, that I mean, that's... Couldn't set it better myself. Boom. So we're on to uh, featherweight here. Yes. I'll take this one. First. Okay. I picked a fight that is booked. Oh. Brian Ortega versus the Korean Zombie. This fight both hurts me, but also excites me to no end. It hurts me because these are probably, I mean, Max in there, obviously, but they're two my t- two probably favorite guys in, in the that division. division. Um, oh, man. But stylistically and just the added heat to this whole rivalry now that they've kind of garnered and the build up you know it was canceled almost a year ago yep. and now we're here we're about a week it's oh, after. We're, we're breaking it down it's next a week, week it's a week from saturday right yes yeah. next saturday this fight should be nuts oh man oh man so where to begin here okay um well first off Jin sung jung is called the Korean zombie. Can we just say that these are two of the most well-rounded martial artists on my entire list here? Yeah. Like, there's to me, there's no clear... Especially Korean zombie, I yes. think, more so. Yes. Uh, but I will say, Ortega has underrated yeah. striking. Yeah. yeah. It has been proven that he can strike. He yes. knocked out Frankie Edgar. The first ever person to He hung him. around with Max Holloway for at least a little bit. Yeah. Even though... Then he got... But, yeah. But, yeah. I agree. <laughs> but, overall, he showed some things on the feet in that fight. Yeah. Here, you have him and Korean Zombie. God, I mean, just stylistically, I'll start there. These two. Ortega has the jiu-jitsu... Oh, man. Like, no other. You want to talk about a submission specialist. I mean, he, he was trained by the Gracie, so yeah. you know he's legit. He is. Black belt, Gracie jiu-jitsu. Um, with the underrated hands, Korean Zombie is a guy that goes to war. That's the best way I can put it. Oh, yeah. He definitely, I would say, prefers to keep it on the feet, but he's no slouch on the ground either. No, he had the first ever... Twister submission victory yes, in the UFC. If that doesn't tell you anything, I don't know what will. How many twisters have there been in UFC history? I think history? it's like three or four. Two or three? Yeah. I'm pretty sure two or, no, not two. One, Bryce Mitchell being one. Bryce of has one, yeah. Um, 
What so stylistically, <laughs> I would have no idea where that fight would end up. Oh, but man. part of me believes that it wouldn't go all five rounds. With five rounds because that's what it's booked right now. The main event, dude. Zombies fight with Yair Rodriguez. It that fight broke my heart because Zombie was winning that fight. I think we have potential for that with this. I, fight. Actually, that yeah. We get, oh, this fight is literally about to happen. Yeah. I, to me, the, I, there's no guarantee that this fight will be a stand-up war or it'll be a grappling war. Wherever it goes, it's going to be a war. It's going to be great. Great fight. It's going to be... I love this little phrase. And I want this on merch one day. <laughs> beautiful chaos. Yeah, That's what it's going to be. Yeah. If this does not have the makings to be beautiful chaos on the feet or on the ground, I mean... And I'll just throw in the added uh, element of this is a rivalry. Yeah. So you go back to when they were booked the first time, they were super cordial. Yeah, they were uh, they chummy. Had a they had nice a little, little nice little uh, thing where like Ortega gave him he something. did like the heart thing, like yeah, it's like a, yeah. it's something in that culture. And they're laughing. Yeah, and they, they like kind of hug. hug. And... So they're like all chummy. Well, that didn't last too long, right? Because Brian slaps up Korean Zombies manager and translator. Yes. Korean zombies like I'm going to kill you. <laughs> that's literally I'm pretty sure that's what he said. He said I will kill you. And I was like, oh, oh, the, honey, the honeymoon phase is over. Um, these two guys, uh, I can't wait to watch like the weigh in, the face off, everything. Like these two guys, like they have already built up the reputation of being Iron Men, of yeah. being men that are just like durable, durable, tough. leave it all out there. Yeah. Obviously, Korean Zombie with the nickname. Yeah. But Ortega has proven it in that Holloway fight that he can take... He didn't want to give up. The doctor stopped that fight, you know? Yeah. So, to me, this this could go all five rounds, but neither guy will be the same if it does. No, not at all. If it goes five rounds, they might not ever fight again. (laughs) Because... I'm just going to leave it there. That's... Hey, that's... Because we can't go into much more because we got to break it down. (laughs) we got to break it down here soon. You want to know what mine is? What is it, though? Korean Zombie's in my fight. Oh, yeah. You know who he's fighting? I'm going to I'm let you say it, but I, I have a guess. Max Blessed. Yep, I thought that might be the... I got chills just now. <laughs> Can you think about that for a second? Think about that fight. These guys have never fought before. Isn't that kind of mind-blowing? Mind-blowing. Max Holloway went on a 14-fight win streak, and these two never fought each other. Part of that being... Korean Zombie had his two years required military service with South Korea, and then they just never lined up, and blah, 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 blah. But now is the time. Max lost his belt to Alexander in a very controversial rematch that he had where he arguably won, but, you know, blah, 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 he didn't. Korean Zombie has all the hype in the world right now on a two-fight win streak. Both of these guys come to fight. This, I don't have any doubt in my mind, would be a stand-up war. Whereas we compare it to Ortega versus Korean Zombie, they might go to the ground and have a great grappling match and mm-hmm. submissions and stuff. They're they're standing on the feet for five rounds until somebody falls. And I won't be convinced otherwise. I can't fathom how great of a fight this would be. Mm-hmm. I can't put it into words. But the fact that we get to see Ortega and Chan Sung Jung literally in real life yeah. in a week and a half, yeah. of course, leads me to like your fight more and more. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility we can see a Max Holloway Korean if, Zombie if fight. If Korean Zombie wins at least, at, like very decisively, like I'm talking... He, he might take, get a title shot. 
If he, well, yeah, that's true. But he could end up being paired up with Max. But I do agree. I, I think it's going to depend on how the how they win. Ortega especially, like I see, if Ortega wins, he's probably guaranteed a title fight. Even though his last fight was against Holloway and he lost because he's been injured and he hasn't fought in forever. He still only has one loss on his resume. So I'd like, say he goes out there and submits Korean Zombie or TKOs him. And the champ's not Max anymore. I think he gets a title shot. Gotcha. Korean Zombie's ranked fourth, so it's a little tougher for him because <clears throat> the beat's ahead of him. Right. Max is ahead of him. A little tougher to get to the title shot. If he goes out there and just knocks T-City out, then I'm all for <laughs> the title shot. Right. But I think that Max needs a fight right now. Because he's not going to get that trilogy fight. I don't want that trilogy fight. Max Green Zombie would be my matchmaking. And I guess we'll talk about matchmaking in this division in a week and a half. Yeah, this is true. Woo! This is true. We can't go into so much detail yeah. because we're going to literally break this down. <laughs> yeah. So, I love it. Love both fights. Now we're on to the most stacked division Ooh, in the UFC. Sorry. I have another honorable mention, by the oh, way, for okay. featherweight. Go ahead. I have it written on the side here really small, <clears throat> and I over yeah. saw it. Um, my honorable mention for men's featherweight, if we're talking men's featherweight, you know I have to bring up Sadiq. Yeah. I have to. Okay. Sadiq Youssef, number seven, Josh Emmett. Another fight where someone's probably going to sleep. Now, I will say Josh Emmett has rightfully so deserved to where he shouldn't have to fight down anymore. Josh is ranked seventh. Um, Sadiq is ranked 11th. I do think it's somewhat realistic, but again, Josh is very adamant that I'm fighting someone ranked higher than me. I'm not fighting guys ranked below me anymore. But in terms of a stylistic fight, and for Sadiq to continue on this path he's on, he's undefeated in the UFC. And if he gets a top 10 guy and beats him, he's right in there with the contenders now. So that's just a fight I think would be really fun. Maybe we see it in the future, maybe we don't. But I had to, again, throw it in. Sadiq Youssef is the man. He's I, one of my favorite yeah, fighters. He's, in the he's UFC. your guy. I'm not. I don't. Dis, by no means do I dislike him. I love like him. me with Sadiq is you with Roy Val. I think that's a yeah. fair comparison. You're that or Tiago Santos. Oh yeah, right. right. <laughs> but, so yeah, that's my honorable mention for Mitz Federer. Yeah, I like it. Um, so that moves us into the most stacked division in the UFC, lightweight. And I'm going to let you take it first because I think there might be a spoiler. For your pick here in our uh, thumbnail, if you're if you're watching on YouTube, uh, mm, I'm gonna go with my honorable mention first. Then I have an honorable mention for the men's lightweight okay. as well. Habib Nurmagomedov, undefeated champion, most dominant champion in the UFC, maybe in UFC history. You know, I think would uh, really be a test. And who is so slept on. And I got I just have to say it. I just have to say it. Charles Oliveira. Let it just simmer. Think about it. Now look. People are probably like, dude, Habib would smash. Habib smash, <laughs> right? I get it. Habib has very good chance to smash. Anybody. <laughs> but if there's anyone outside of Gaethje that could really really pose a threat to Habib and I think especially on the ground there's no other threat as big as Oliveira for Habib Oliveira 
has the record for the most submissions in UFC history. You know how many it is now? <clears throat> how many is it? Fourteen. That's a lot. Of fourteen sub- submissions. That, that that's a few. There's people that don't win fourteen fights in their career. This man's got fourteen wins by submission. He's on a seven fight win streak. He might be the most slept on fighter in the UFC. In terms of, uh, you know, ranked fighters, I'll, I'll say it that way. And I'm not going to stand for it any longer. Now, again, this is not a fight that would happen right now. No, right? I mean, Oliveira's ranked sixth. Yeah. Abib's the champ. But, again, this is about the matchups. And, boy, oh, boy, does this you one know really I love, intrigue me. I love Charles Oliveira. I love that. Absolute that stud. Definitely an underrated guy, for sure. So underrated. Probably one of the most underrated guys slept on. Yes. Now, we love like a guy like Benil Darius, who's ranked yeah. 11th. Yeah. But guess what? They were booking Oliveira versus him before he got hurt. That was six for... He was fighting down almost yeah. double his position. Mm-hmm. And he came off a huge win over Kevin Lee. Yeah. I, was, I, and, I, and I get it. Like What's ahead of him is a killer's row who are all like potentially looking at title fights and yeah. big money fights and whatnot. But Now, what um, I realistically see for Oliveira next is a guy, uh, Dan Hooker. Six versus four. That, that would make the most sense yeah. to me. I don't know if it'll happen because, again, they tried to book him against Darius. Maybe right. that fight happens again. Uh, call me crazy, but maybe if uh, Islam Makachev makes a statement against RDA, you get right. that matchup. Right. Um, but, again, stylistically, I had to throw this in there. More so to give love to Oliveira. And it's kind of out of left field, like it is. And uh, just... I didn't see it coming. There's not been... This guy where, like, can someone actually submit Habib? It's, like, going into a fight, stylistically, you're like, oh, Habib might get knocked out. Or maybe even against a guy like RDA years back, oh, someone can wrestle with Habib. But this is a guy that can strike, by the way. He, this guy has KOTKO has two of his last three wins. Yeah. But he has 14 submission he, wins. No. I mean, technically, the closest Habib has came to being submitted was by Poirier. Yeah. It's almost as if... Who is a natural boxer. Yeah, exactly. Would Habib want to go on the ground? I know Habib's very confident in his wrestling. For great reason. But just think. Oliveira knows his shit (laughs) on the ground. It takes one wrong move, which Habib probably doesn't make any bad moves, but it's just that possibility of seeing some huge upset. That's why. I... Hey... I, you know what? You kind of sold it to me more and more as you talked about it. But get into your your. Actual but yeah, my here. actual. Again, that was an honorable mention. <laughs> There's two more to go after that one. The fight, the fight. Dustin Poirier, Tony Ferguson. It should be the co-main event. It should here be. in two and a half weeks. It should be, and it's not. It's not. It's gotten to the point where it might not even happen at all. Nope. Because Dustin might go to Ireland and box with Connor for charity, and now he might just fight Connor in the UFC. And God, Tony's just left in the dark. Damn it. Tony Ferguson, Dustin Poirier. Violence. Say less. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> that's the picture here. In the, uh, for good screen. reason. This is a fight that makes the most sense. These guys have never fought each other. How? How? 
It just has to happen. It's two versus three. The winner gets a title shot. I mean, gosh. It, I'm just getting angry. Oh, I get it. I get it. This fight could have been happening in literally a couple weeks. Yeah. And now, it and now it's not. It may never. And stylistically, that matchup is actual chaos, beautiful chaos. It's, it's violence. It's, it is one of the best fights in UFC history. Pot- has the potential to be. Yeah. No, there's and that, and that is not a hot take by any means. <laughs> yeah. What a fight. Two fan favorites. <clears throat> Again, stylistically, just absolute slugfest on the feet. Both guys talented on the ground. Ferguson with those weird little mechanisms that he does. Just and, a very awkward guy. Yeah, and Dustin's such a technical boxer, but he can still grapple and he yeah. can throw in a ghillie. You know, he loves yeah. talking about the ghillie. <laughs> I just, I need to see that fight. That's all. Oh, I get it. I had to say it. I actually didn't pick that fight. Surprisingly. You're intriguing me here. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, I didn't. Because when I first saw it announced, <clears throat> it was one of the most excited I've ever been. <laughs> yeah. But I have to... There's one fight that I have to... I don't know what it is. I have to pick this one. Maybe I'd... Uh, you, all, you all that are listening... You might want to go hide for this one. Wait. Because I'm picking Habib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson. Why do I say you all need to go hide? Because this fight, it took a damn pandemic to stop it from happening. This fight has been booked five times. How, How many did I say? Five times. That's not one, not two, not three, not four. Five times, Dom. And guess how many times this fight has happened? Donut. Zilch. (laughs) The O has got to go. (laughs) This fight has to happen at some point. I get it. Tony had a tough loss to Gaethje, and that has definitely died down the, the chirping for this fight. But, if Habib beats Justin Gaethje. If the rumored matchup of Tony Ferguson versus um, Michael Chandler takes place and Tony were to win, there's no reason why this fight still can't happen. Right. And what a way it could be for Habib's last fight. That could be number 30. Now, in the Tony versus Gaethje fight, you saw Tony get pieced up quite a bit on the feet. Habib is not going to have that same capability as Justin had. Not saying Habib can't hang. You saw he put Connor on his ass. Well, not quite on his ass, but he 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 he, he shocked the world yeah. when that shot landed. Um, but he's not going to be able to do what Justin did. He's going to have to wrestle. Yeah. Tony being the awkward, lanky guy he is, kind of what you were saying about Oliver. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. It's very much the same thing you said with Oliveira, but I'm saying it with Tony just because I think it's I think it's a name value and yeah. the fact that this fight is like 10 years in the making. Yeah. Tony really out of the I mean maybe, I know a lot of people are starting to side maybe with Gaethje potentially upsetting Habib but in my eyes out of the top five, because Oliveira is outside the Tony's top Tony's the biggest threat. Tony is the biggest threat to Habib in my opinion. I think he has the best style for Habib. Now, it could end up just being Habib smash. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's with any of these. Yeah. And I, I, 
if I never see this fight, I'm just it's going to haunt me for a long time. Yeah. It, to this day it does. I really was so excited for this fight to happen when it last got announced. I thought for sure. I was like, there's no way. Yeah. That was supposed to be uh That was supposed this to headline March or April? I think it was, it was April. April. Yeah. Cuz it was supposed to headline UFC 249. Yeah, yeah. That was the and one. And then uh COVID happens. Yeah. And so Habib couldn't travel. And then in steps Justin Gaethje. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's it's a shame. You feel for Tony. It's a shame. You know? Tony has, with that win streak he went on, this one loss, if he's able to bounce back from it, even with just one fight, even oh. if it's just Chandler. Yeah, 100%. One even fight. though it's a guy who's never fought in UFC, to me it's enough. The, the UFC knows how bad people want The this fans fight. deserve, deserve this, this fight. fight. We deserve this. I don't use that. I hate the word deserve. I hate it. But if there's any fight... If there's any fight I'll use it for... It's this one. It's this one. Yeah, I agree. And I'm. that's all I can say about it. Dana even spoke on it recently in a media scrum. Yes, he did. Something about how he's willing to risk an asteroid strike for this fight to happen. So, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. Mm-hmm. Now we move on to welterweight. And to me, this one was kind of hard. It was a little hard. Oh, I, I love this one. But there was one that stuck out to me. Even though I don't have much faith in it happening, stylistically and the behind the scenes of it. Mm-hmm. I'll give my honorable mention first. I'm glad you have one. Colby Covington versus Jorge Masvidal is my honorable mention. Reason being... I think that's what we're going to get. I think we'll get it, but I also don't have a ton of faith in it being the most exciting fight. I respect What I have more faith in being an exciting fight for Jorge Masvidal, who's number four, right above him. Number three, Leon Edwards. It has to happen. The three-piece in the soda. For Leon, a guy who has continuously been slept on and really lately is kind of doing it to himself. But yeah, he's getting some hate. He, you know, he he's been slept on. And it's not fair to him. This fight makes so much sense for both guys, <clears throat> even though Leon's not the name that Jorge is. That story, the three. Yeah, you have the video, you have the storyline, you have Jorge that's going to backpack the promotional piece regardless. Agreed. Then you've got a guy like Leon, hasn't lost in four years, eight fight win streak, you know, all this from uh, the UK, you know, another star or a rising star from that region. It's there. I know it's not a Jorge Colby hype or a Jorge Nate Diaz, but it's there. And stylistically yes. this fight stays on the feet I believe yeah 100% and Jorge's gonna bring it to Leon He's gonna Leon's br- not gonna be able to be as technical as he would wish Leon, I don't think Leon has a very technical boxing style almost like a points, like a point fighter in boxing as they call it nickname being Rocky by the way yeah Masvidal is gonna bring those powerful leg kicks his kicks are nasty as lately man. I, yeah. and I just think that fight would be fireworks. Yeah. Who knows? Will we ever see it? Probably not. But I, I'd I, like to think. I think that it makes a lot of sense because basically for what we're talking about with the three-piece in a soda, 
Masvidal after his huge, basically coming out party, I guess. In yeah, a way, that's what started it. The knockout went over Darren Till. He's being interviewed post fight backstage, and another guy fought that night. Yep, it was Leon Edwards in London. Yep. Well, Leon starts. Uh, I don't know if he starts eyeballing. <laughs> yeah, the post fight interview. Yeah. And Masvidal is just kind of like they're chirping. Masvidal is like, "Why don't you do something?" So Leon kind of walks up to him and is like, yo, I'll get in your face. You ain't going to do shit. Masvidal puts his hands behind his back. Let's just say, before you <laughs> tell the details, if you walk up to Masvidal and he has his hands behind his back, something bad's about to happen. Ask Leon. Ask Ben Askren. Ben Askren, go to sleep. Yeah, five seconds. Five seconds. Anyways. Masvidal puts his hands behind his back. Unloads a three piece. Minnesota. Minnesota. On Leon's face. Cut him. Cut him. Blood dripping down his face. No gloves on. This is bare knuckle. My man Mosvell's wearing flip flops. Yeah. Bare knuckle FC backstage. (laughs) It was a no holds barred match. You know, it it's kind of been a shock that that fight never happened. Yeah, I agree. Even though it kinda did. It happened backstage. Right. Mosvidal won Edward Zero. TKO Doctor Stoppage. But, again, this fight makes a lot of sense. And stylistically, yep. while the hype for it is not Colby Masvidal, I think it's a better fight yep. than Colby Masvidal. I agree. So what's yours? No honorable mention. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but, boy, do I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Number 10. Tied for number 10 somehow. I don't know how they do ties in the rankings. Just give someone a damn 11 spot. Anyway, Vicente Luque. Number 12, Jeff Neal. Definitely out of left I I don't want to say out of left field. Hear him out, people. <laughs> this fight's fantastic. Yeah. You know, I agree so much that I even put this in a previous episode on our Versus Yeah, it was episode. on your uh, Versus pay-per-view yeah. card. This fight is fireworks. The silent assassin, Vicente Luque. Hands of steel, Jeffrey Neal. <laughs> this is stand-up war. Through and through. Absolute technical striking plus some barn burner haymakers at the same time. That perfect mix of you're going to see the very good striking, technical boxing, and the big shot. Someone has the potential to go to sleep. And I think it's a fight that makes sense. I don't think it will happen next, but maybe it will. Jeff Neal's still getting healthy from that infection he had. Vicente's on a two-fight win streak right now. A TKO over Nico Price, Dr. Stoppage. KO TKO and Randy Brown. I mean, really, he's on fire right now with that one hindrance coming against Steven Thompson, but there's, that's no slouch there, the number five guy in the world. Jeff Neal, off the Contender Series, has tons of hype behind him. On a five-fight win streak, two straight KO TKOs, Nico Price and Mike Perry. These guys are as tough as they come. Right next to each other in the rankings. Whoever wins is cracking top ten next. Sign me up. That's a war. I think that's a fight night main event. I think it could easily be a fight night main event five rounds. I would agree. I think the name power is there. I really do. If you if you stack it just right with good fights underneath, mm-hmm. that could be a paper or not a pay per view, a fight night main event. Love that I think fight. and I think the fight itself would deliver. Oh man. That's There's, another fight similar to the Marais and uh, and uh, Cody. Oh, sorry. Where you know you're guaranteed a good fight. 
There's not going to be anything boring about this fight. Right. Love that fight so much. Agreed. But that takes us to middleweight, my friend. Hooey. You want to go? I do have an honorable mention here. I got two two more honorable mentions. All right. Middleweight. I've talked about this already. Hamza Chimaev. The fastest rising star since Conor McGregor. I think that's safe to say, right? Yeah. Has all the hype around him in the world right now. He's fighting in uh, 17 different weight classes. Hasn't barely been touched. He's been touched, what, three times in three fights? Fucking crazy. Number 14 ranked Marvin Vittori, Noah. This is the fight. Chimaev wants to get ranked. Beat number 14 ranked, and then you can then you can go to your top 10 like you want. Mm-hmm. He's great. Don't get me wrong. He just doesn't deserve it yet. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I get it. And that's for both divisions, but yeah. this is for middleweight specifically. And who better to kind of welcome him into, you know, those rankings? You know, welcome to the top 15 than the Italian dream, Marvin Vittori. Another very good striker, very technical striker, but he's good on the ground. Two wins via submission. He's on a three-fight win streak. Chemaev, three-fight win streak, obviously, 3-0 in the UFC. I really like the style of this fight. Again, if Chemaev were to win, then... The world is yours, my friend. The world Call is out yours. whoever you want. I just want him to get that one ranked win in either division. So for middleweight, that's what it is for me. Vittori, do not sleep on him either. Do not sleep on Vittori at My all. man has not been able to be active because everybody keeps dropping out of the fight. Yeah, um, and by the way... Uh, Split decision without Asanya. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I kind of... No, no, no. That's what I was going to say. I've stole your thunder plenty of times. Split decision means a judge had Vittori winning that fight. Against Adesanya. Against Israel Adesanya. <clears throat> one of the best champions the UFC has. Yes. And the best striker in the UFC right now. Yeah. Almost beating. Anyway. <clears throat> that's just my honorable mention. Yeah. My fight that I, I think we're going to see down the road, whether it be for a title or not, the champion Israel Adesanya, number six ranked Darren Till. Listen. The odds of someone going to sleep in this fight might be on the lower side. And I'm okay with that. Because we are taking two of the best strikers in all of the UFC, two of the most technical, just perfectionist-type strikers, throwing them in a cage against one another. I think it would be a masterful display of striking and mixed martial arts, kick, uh, kickboxing, everything. Muay Thai elbows, punches everything. And I think we see this fight down the road. I don't know when. Well, Israel, Darren wants Is- it. Israel wants it. Israel wants it. He wants Darren to earn it. Like So bad. much so that I could see Darren just winning one fight. Being uh, Jack or Manson, I think they're even yeah. scheduled to fight. If Darren could beat <clears throat> Jack and convincingly... You gotta think, Darren's only loss in this division is against Bobby Knuckles. Yeah. Former champion. Who Israel knocked out, you know? I like that fight. I, I think we see it one day again. Might not be for a belt. <clears throat> Might be for a belt. Might be at 205 pounds. They're both mm-hmm. huge. Darren Till's like the biggest middleweight. It's crazy how he even makes it. And the fact that he used to try and get the welterweight <laughs> blows my mind even yeah. more. So I don't care if it's in the street, in a nursing home when they're 78 years old, or at light heavyweight, heavyweight, lightweight. I don't care. That's, that's my fight. It would be an art form of striking. It really would be. Some would even go out and say maybe it might be boring. 
but you really have to appreciate the level of striking they both have to see the beauty in this fight. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. I also have Darren Till in mine. He's ranked number five, or six, excuse me, at middleweight. Who you got? I have him versus Paulo Costa. Oh, I knew that's what you were going to say. Number two. Let's do this again, shall we? <laughs> Everything I said about Costa versus Israel, I will say for this fight. Because this is not meant to be disrespected, Darren Till. But at this point, he is in some ways Adesanya light. He is like a... He is not quite Adesanya, but he, in a lot of ways, mimics Adesanya. He has a lot yes. of Adesanya's style to yeah. him. Yeah. The crisp technical striking yes. being the obvious one. But he is a much bigger man. He is huge. Paulo Paulo is Costa, also... Paulo Costa is also huge. <laughs> yes. And Paulo Costa, again, I know he's been uh, he's been clowned quite a bit for his performance at 253. But do not forget that he is a killer. Yes. And he will come forward. Yes. And we I just, think. <laughs> I know, again. Look, uh, hey, that's the Izzy effect. Yeah. Trademark. I don't know if he feels the same... Uh, I don't know what the word Pressure. is. Pre- the, I, don't, I don't think he looks as funny in the light when he's going up against Darren Till. Yeah. I think he. Uh, I think he's able to unload a little bit. Not saying he wins, but that's why I want to see it. Because you have two guys that contrast each other in a lot of ways with their striking. Yep. But Darren has been knocked out. Really, I mean, even against Tyron Woodley, he was very hurt by strikes. Paulo has the power to do it. Can he land the right one? Can Darren stay on the outside? Right. Can he use his footwork? Can he clinch properly? Can he keep him at distance? Whatever it is that his he's going for there, can he do that? Yeah. Like how Adesanya did. Yeah. To me, if he does it, then you really go, okay, Till versus Adesanya. Dude, that'd be a big fight. Yeah. Big fight. Worldwide, global fight. I'm not, I'm not quite sold on Till versus Adesanya, even if he beats Hermanson. But if he beats Hermanson and then is able to basically replicate what Adesanya did to Costa, or even just beat him, really. Yeah. So what if... So... Right, uh, again, real life. Number one, Whitaker. Number three, Cannonier fighting next. The winner, that's probably fighting Adesanya. Safe to say. I think. I think. I actually only say, I only think they'll do that. Only if Cannonier wins. wins. I don't know if Whitaker gets it. So say Till starches Hermanson. Knocks Hmm. him out first round. Can Till just wait to see... If Izzy defends if, against Cannonier Whitaker, if and Whitaker, then if Whitaker, the only way, the only way I again. think Darren gets Tasha is if he looks super impressive against Hermanson, and then just waits for. And if Whitaker beats Cannonier, okay, think you could arguably give him. I, I could see them giving him. The, I think Izzy would rather fight till than at that point than to rematch Whitaker. Yeah, yeah. All right, I just want to not get saying it can't happen. I love Bobby Knuckles. I'd love to see it run back. See if Whitaker can can make some adjustments. Right. He is he looked damn impressive against Darren Till. Again, he has the yep. win over him, so yep. Yep. you know, maybe they don't do that. But just saying that uh I could see it happening because Adesanya has made it clear he wants to fight Darren Till down the road. Right. But yeah, that's middleweight. 
Now on the light heavy. The new refreshed light heavyweight division of the UFC. Mm-hmm. What a division right now. What a champion we have. Yes. And Polish yet, power. Jan Blachowicz with that impressive yes. victory over Dominic Reyes. So many people counted him out. I'm going to keep this simple. <clears throat> the fight to make is Jan Blachowicz versus Tiago Santos too. Yablovich is champion. Tiago Santos ranked number one. They fought... That was Jan's last loss. Yes. They fought, and I believe it was either early 2018 or early 2019. I think it was early 2019. It was ESPN. Let me look at dates on Jan's one. It was ESPN, so it was 2019. Tiago beat Jan impressively, finished him. That's what launched him to a title shot. Yeah. Now you have Jan, who's the champion, who has has been knocking out everybody. Tiago is on the... Now he has to prove that he can still fight for a belt. Right. He hasn't fought in over a year after arguably winning the belt against John Jones. On one leg. I always say that. (laughs) On one leg. Unfortunately, that's the added factor there where he uh, he has not fought since. Yep. So he has a big fight with Glover to share coming up. If he wins that, book it. Oh, yeah. That's the clear-cut number one contender fight for sure. Blahovich santos book it. I love it. I, I, that's all I can say. I mean, stylistic-wise, too, it's going to be power a striking. Versus, power versus power. Yes, yes, precisely that. And I love Tiago Santos so much. So. I'm going to be honest. I mean, again, this is boring how Tiago looks against Glover. I'd be picking Jan as of right now. Again, if Tiago comes out and just starches Glover, then I could be saying something yeah. completely different. So this is my last honorable mention of the uh, episode. Or Were you done with yeah. that one? Yep. And this is my honorable mention because I'm going to speak this fight into existence. That's why it's my honorable mention. Tiago Santos welcoming back Anthony Rumble Johnson to the light heavyweight division. I'm not going to stop talking about this fight until it's signed, sealed, and delivered. I'm speaking it into existence now. I've been doing it in like three or four other episodes. It was on my versus pay-per-view card. Fireworks right here. And, And Rumble rightfully deserves a top three opponent, in my opinion, because when he retired, he left at the number one ranked spot, losing in a championship fight. The step below going out on top. So he deserves a top three. And if we're talking styles, woo Him and Tiago matched up against once another. Against one another. I'm, not, I'm getting too excited here. It's fireworks. That's a fight night headliner. Shit, that's a co-main on a pay-per-view. And that's everything and more that I think the fans would want to see at both point in their careers. They're both a little older now in the yep. uh, upper 30s. Both still have the potential to become champ, especially in this new look division. I just I have to mention it. Oh, of course, that fight sounds amazing. Yes, and I almost love it more for Tiago because I think I'd pick him in that fight. It'd be it'd be tough. It's hard, right? Because you, you don't have anything really to judge Anthony off of. No, because he hasn't fought since 2017. Yeah, so hopefully uh, Rumble should be back in 2021. So that's what it's looking like. Mm-hmm. Now, my actual fight that I wrote down, I think you'll like this oh, one. Oh, you didn't pick that one. That was my honorable Oh, mention. I thought you actually, I thought that was the one you picked. I've just mentioned it so much, I didn't want to make it my sole okay, thing. Gotcha. But I had to say it. Yeah. 
Um, number four, Alexander Rakic. Number five, Yuri Prokshava. Got your boy, Yuri. And I think uh, right. they were talking some trash. Um, well, on a, yeah, Rakic kind of sounding dumb. Yeah, said he's going to get a title shot. Said he doesn't look back. He said maybe you'll, maybe you'll earn your way out. I'm like, like huh? I think this fight makes all the sense <clears throat> in the world from a ranking standpoint. Really, the winner could get a title shot, just the way the division is. It yeah. depends on how Tiago and Glover plays out and so on and so forth. Winner maybe fights Dominic Reyes, you know, something like that. Um, but yeah, Yuri and Alexander... Yuri's going to press forward, insane pressure, power punches. We saw what he did to Volkan. Alexander, on the other hand, just dismantled Anthony Smith, which, hurt, which, you know, that hurts. The power in the hands versus the power in the legs. This man might have the strongest kicks I've seen in the UFC in recent years. <laughs> His legs are fucking tree Like, trunks, I'm, I was sitting there watching the fight with Smith, and I'm like, ow, ow. Every time he would kick yeah. Anthony, I, I'm hurting watching on the TV sitting yeah. in my freaking place. Uh, I think that's an exciting fight. I don't think it goes the distance. I think someone gets finished. So, I know Yuri's your boy. What, what are your kind of thoughts on a matchup like that? Oh, For I, him, it makes all the sense Oh, yeah. I, I'm big on Yuri Prochaka. Almost to the point where, like... Because, you know, I love Tiago, right? Yeah. But, you know, the, the more I look back on that video we did where we predicted who the champions would be this time next year... The more I realized that, like, I'd probably change a lot of my picks now. We're not even two months. Well, you got to think when we made that episode, John Jones was still the champion. Yeah, that's true. So it was true. a lot harder. Yeah. Now the division's as open as it's ever been. But I think he has a great shot to be champion this time next year. Yuri? Yeah. I don't know if he'll be. It depends on if he's active enough and everything else, how he looks in these fights, obviously. But, and really, Rakich has a great case to be that as well. Yeah. I feel bad. I feel like I keep counting out Jan, but I don't see Jan having a long title reign. He's 37. Sure, he's looked incredible, and that fight with Reyes showed that he's he's the best light heavyweight right now. Yeah. But I don't know how long it's going to last. You know? It's kind of like the last hurrah. It's hard right now, man. You don't have that guy no more that's been on top of the There's a lot of guys coming up that are much younger than him. And um, that fight, though, just on itself, uh, madness. I just said it. The power in the hands versus the power in the legs. And also, they have power everywhere. Everywhere, yes. uh, You're going to see Jiri with the powerful strikes with the hands. Powerful punches, I guess I should say. Yep. (laughs) Um, Rakic, those power leg kicks, which are so dangerous. And Jiri has just such a wild style, yet it's, again, it's that term we keep throwing out there, the beautiful chaos. Yep. He's chaotic, but it's technical. Right. It's, what I noticed when he fought Vulcan was he threw, he did a lot of crazy stuff, even ate some shots. Yeah. But it was always to get Vulcan where he wanted him to be. It was like trying to get him off off his game. Right. Because when you have a guy coming at you with these wild strikes and just acting crazy, it can get in your head. Right. And it did to yep. Vulcan. Yep. So I think you see that similar matchup kind here. Of, yeah. Rakic has shown more for me 
when it comes to staying composed than Vulcan has. Yes. So it's a step up. Rakic is very calm, seems <clears throat> to have his wits about him, knows what he's going to do and when yeah. he's going to do it. Uh, it's a fun one. Yeah. That's I, I love it. I love that you're giving those guys like that. They're due? Yeah. But it, here, this all roads lead to heavyweight now. I'm just going to be honest, this is my weakest fight. Well, I'm going to really shock you here. Okay. You're going to probably want to slap me in All the right, face. So I'll let you go first. I just want to preface that I picked this fight. <laughs> People are going to be like, what the fuck? Listen. This division's weak. And I say that in a sense that everybody has fought each other. That's why I say that. Yeah. Literally, obviously, they're not weak. They're very fun. Heavyweight fights are great. We love watching heavyweight fights. Francis and Stipe have fought. Francis and Curtis have fought. Rosenstroik and Nganu have fought. Rosenstroik and Overeem have fought. Derek Lewis has fought Volkov. Derek Lewis has fought Nganu. Like, ugh. Everybody yeah. in the, like, the top six has fought each other, essentially, outside of like a Lewis versus Miocic, which can't happen right now. It's out of the realm of possibility. And a Rosenstroik and uh, Miocic. Like, so I just I went out of the box, <clears throat> okay, and I went with a guy that's making a name for himself right now. Number fifteen ranked Tanner Bosner, Bosner, nice. the Canadian. It's Bozer. Bozer, yes, yeah, sorry, it's literally right in front of me, and I said Bosner. <laughs> Tanner Bozer is nineteen and six. He's ranked fifteenth in the division from Canada. He kind of has the potential to be that next uh, that that dude from Canada. There's not yeah. that many of them, and especially at heavyweight, <clears throat> yeah. And it's a division that just is, I don't know, Stipe's the man. It's nothing against like him, it's but it's just kind of stale. stale. So I like when something fresh happens, right? Just like with the flyweights, with yep. the light heavyweights going on right now. Uh, Bozer's on a two-fight KOTKO streak against Phil Lenz and then Rafael Pessoa. Before that, he lost to Cyril Gain, who, by the way, is undefeated. In the top 15, don't sleep on that dude. Yeah, he's ranked uh, 13th. 6-0, 3-0 and in the UFC. And I'm putting Bozer against a man, a man that just lost in a fight night main event yep. against Alistair Overeem. Number 10 ranked Augusto Sakai. I'll let some time go on so people are like, oh, this guy. I'm not mad at this at all. I'm actually, I kind of wish you wouldn't. I I get it. Like, I think it's the it's one you the would. Have, I think it's the one you would have the least hope for being a good fight. Yeah, but Bozer does have that that thing about him right now. Yes, and I like <clears throat> the I like the idea of getting prospects in the heavyweight division and catapulting them into the top five quicker than yeah. in other other divisions because it's just played out at this point. Right, Stipe's beaten. Literally everybody. It's, even though it's always it like, like it always feels like heavyweight and boxing and UFC, it's like the the biggest. That's yeah. obviously the biggest guys. It's the baddest man on the planet. You know, it's very much in that same level of flyweight, women's bantamweight, and women's I, flyweight, where inevitably or <clears throat> realistically, a guy can win two or three fights and be top ten. Well, and I feel that. This might be a little biased because we're huge Stipe fans, but I'm at the point where I don't think any heavyweight even poses a threat to him outside of Nganu. Yeah. I just, 
I could be wrong, right? It takes one punch in the heavyweight division. I get it. Derek Luce could go in and land one shot. Oh, my God. Black Beast is the <laughs> champion. His balls were hot. Yep. And he left them on Stipe's face in the octagon. You know what I'm saying? He teabagged him. But just, like, the way I felt right now, I wanted to expand out. And I want to get these prospects going. So, I like Bozer right now. He has a lot of hype behind him. People like him. He's kind of like he wants to fight anybody, anytime type of attitude. He's been staying active during this quarantine. He's got that, like... You look at him, and he's just a guy you don't want to mess with. Like, if you saw this dude walking down the street, you're like, oh, shit, I don't want to bump into this dude. And then Sakai, he just got battle-tested. They threw him in there with the Wolves. They put him in there with Overeem, a legend of the heavyweight mixed martial arts. And he didn't show up. He showed up, actually, for three rounds and looked great and was winning the fight. Then Alistair turned the table, and that's where the experience came to play. And this would be a three-round fight. It would, Yes. I... Yeah, I don't want this to be a main event. <laughs> um, Three-round fight, 10 versus 15. For Sakai, it's a chance to stop this hype train in the heavyweight division and kind of work right back into the top 10. For Bozer, if he were to beat a number 10-ranked guy, you're right up there where he could take on a Walt Harris, a JDS, uh, or a Volkov next yeah. if he were to beat a guy like Sakai. So in a way, this is almost like you feel like you're – this is your matchup because you like what it can do for whoever wins. Yeah, and just the division as a whole. Yeah. I want – so a guy like Cyril Gain, I want him to get out there and work his way up. Yeah. I don't want all of these guys that have been in the heavyweight division for years and years and years to just sit at the top. Right. I want to see change, and that was kind of my thought process with this one. No, I don't dislike it at all. I, I, I definitely think uh, – I get it. I get what you're saying. We're not huge on Sakai. That's really the factor here. Right. Bozer has shown more than Sakai for us. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and it's not even to say that Sakai's like bad. No, it's, it's just, just like for one, I didn't feel like his his stat like that main event with Overeem. I didn't feel like that was super earned. Right. Because I sure he had won three fights in a row. I believe. But if you look at the names that he had won, you know, like an Ivanov and so on and, and so forth, and then but, you put him in with Overeem. But it was also. I didn't feel like he had won against even like Arlovsky, who is a legend and a guy that I love. But if you're not able to beat Arlovsky, well, yeah, and like in my opinion, at least clearly, beat like him. a Sakai versus a Walt Harris or Sakai versus a Volkov, is just a more fitting fight for Sakai than oh, here's Overeem. Good yeah. luck, main event, ESPN. So. I don't know. I wanted to be a little different there to finish it out. Again, for those listening, probably are a little like, eh, but hear me out. I mean, it has potential to be a good fight. They both stand and bang. Sakai's kind of more clinchy and all that, but I digress. Well, I'll try to win them back here. I just say if they, if they feel that way, I'll try to win them back here because I went pretty big with this one. Did you? Oh, wait. Well, go ahead. So, actually, I didn't go bigger. Oh. I have... This is unranked. You, oh, yeah. I know what you did. <laughs> I hate it. I hate... Damn it, Dom. I was like, Dom's going to be dumb here. No. You you call on. All right. No, no, no. I mean, I... I'm not mad. I went unranked. I don't know exactly the what people, you did. The people at home are like, you went unranked? Yeah, my fight's about to be worse than Dom's. Unranked John Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Heavyweight. Uh, going up against number one ranked Francis Ngannou. Oh! I thought you were going to put him in with Stipe. No. Okay. Um, so, 
Jones versus Stipe was the like clear yeah. second choice there, or that Stipe, was on my versus or Stipe and Gane too. However, I have been clear, even though Stipe might be my favorite fighter of all time, probably is, that I don't see that matchup with Jones going very well for him. Potential matchup. This fight interests me more. Now, I love Francis Ngannou. Most people do. He's the Mike Tyson of the UFC. The nicest guy, but yet the scariest. Terrifying. Yeah. The the power in his hands is crazy. It's crazy. Is he very technical? No. Nah. But it doesn't matter. Not when it's... When he's throwing bitch slaps and one of them lands and just puts a 260-pound man to absolute freaking oblivion. He can touch you with his pinky and you go to sleep. Yeah. So you have Jones, who is the model of technique in everything, going up against a literal bull. And let's see what happens. It's an jo- very intriguing I moment. love it in the idea of it being Jones's first fight at heavyweight. Because, look, he's never really been, like, he's never, Jones has never been close to being stopped. No, not stopped, that's for sure. Sure, he's been hurt. Gus has hurt him. Um, Ray has hurt him. But he's never been in, like, trouble. Nope. We've had the fights where we thought he lost, yes, but, he but wasn't, he's never been He in never trouble. felt in danger of being finished. But who can put him in danger? None other than Francis Ngannou. <laughs> and for Jones, if he does how I would perceive it going, where it would be an absolute showcase, that does a lot for him and his legacy well, and also for earning that title shot with I was going to say I think you and me are kind of both on the same page where yes we understand if Jones gets the title shot straight away that's I fine. get it I get but it but we kind of want to see him tune up I've never seen this man at heavyweight yeah I see for me I I had mentioned in the past that maybe he fights someone like Curtis Blades or Derek Lewis well like the winner of Blades Lewis I remember yeah. us talking about that and I still wouldn't be opposed to that because I could see Jones doing that where it's like I'm making this risk of going up I'm he is undefeated regardless of the loss yeah. on his record and how we feel about the certain wins on his record in our eyes he's undefeated well yes uh, well yeah I guess you can't say that in yeah. our eyes <laughs> basically the one loss that is on his record is bullshit yeah it was a disqualification because against, of the twelve to six against elbow. Ohio boy, Matt yeah, Ohio Hamill. boy Matt Hamill shouldn't have been disqualification. No, and he was dominating the fight. Yeah. Now he's the one that's making a risk. He's going up a division, yep. where he's already a. I mean, he's very tall. The reach is massive, but he's skinny. He's skinny I, guy. I'd have to imagine he'd be right around. 230? 235, 240 top and oh, out. I think it's like two thirty. Uh, He's bulking up. He is bulking up, but no heavier than two thirty five, two forty. No way. So, this matchup with Ngannou, who will be about two fifty, two fifty five. Yeah, minimum. I just love what because you're gonna have Ngannou, who's gonna have a hell of a time trying to stop the 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 blizzard of John Jones. There's so. something about wanting to see John Jones get threatened. <laughs> yeah. So you see how great he is when he responds to it. Yeah. Because Ngannou's going to come out and try to land bombs. He will sprint at him. And all it takes is one. Yeah. Like, Jones has not been hit by a guy like Ngannou. No, not even close. And he's going to be a much smaller guy if that fight were to happen six months from now. I don't care if he's bulking up. Yeah. He will be a much smaller, yeah. skinnier guy than Ngannou. Yeah. 
can he take that kind of heat? Can he take that? Ki- I mean, I'm sure he can handle pressure, but it only takes one shot. Yep. This is the same thing I said about Adesanya Costa. Yep. Inevitably, we could end up with a similar affair. Yeah. But I want to see it. Just because it's so interesting. I like it. I love that fight, actually. I like it more than him and Stipe. I really do. Either of those guys in Stipe. For Ngannou Stipe, we've already seen it. And I am still on the bandwagon that says it won't go different a second time. While Jones and Stipe, I have much more fear of it being one-sided. See, and I'm the opposite. I know. I, I, I get more nervous at Stipe fighting Ngannou because of that one-punch yeah. power. Which, and inevitably, like, it could go it could go either yeah, way. Like, yeah. it's not obvious that it would go one way. But I completely... Yeah. So Ngannou would be the underdog in this matchup with Jones, I believe. Oh, anybody who fights John Jones mm-hmm. is going to be an underdog. It doesn't matter what weight class. But... Stipe would probably be the underdog against John Jones. Yeah. Sucks I, to say it, I'm but. just... That fight, Ngannou, Jones... Give, put Sign that into up. my veins. Yeah. That you you finish big, I you know that, the heavyweights man, you gotta love you're it. You're talking about fresh blood at heavyweight. Yeah, that's the <laughs> freshest you can get right there. Yeah, um, but that's uh, that's it for the fights we want to see. Yeah, this is another kind of special episode. I don't want to call <clears> it a series, no, but uh, it's just one that we can revisit. We yeah. can do that. There's always gonna be fights we want to see. If we had done this. Three weeks ago, yeah. two weeks ago, I would have had Alessandro Costa on there. So. Yeah, so this is something that we can always just go and do whenever we want, yeah. but not a series. So it's fun. Yeah. This was a yeah. ball. Yeah, I loved we, it. we definitely, again, it's another episode where we said, oh, like, we don't have a ton of notes on this. Like, I wonder how we'll do. We, I feel like we, we talked for quite a while yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the best thing about it. We sit down and that's why I we love just go. It. That's why I love this platform is yeah. just being able to just talk and not have to... Share uh, the passion with you Not all. hold it within a time constraint yep. or whatever. Just do our thing. Yep. But with that, for the rest of the week, Friday. We got a fun one. Previewing hashtag UFC Fight Island 5. It's a huge fight at Bantamweight potentially... Title implications? Question mark? Yeah, you know, it could be. It's definitely title implications for the future. You got Marlon Marais, the Magic Man, number one ranked, I believe. Yep. Going up against Corey Sanhagen, who's still trying to reach that that potential that is there for him. He's ranked number five, I believe. Four or five, yeah. Yeah. Big fight. It's a big fight. Both guys, you know, Marais, are are. In some ways, it feels like he lost that fight yeah, with Aldo. Yeah. Whether you believe he did or not, the UFC have basically treated it like a loss His for him. His stock is being treated as if he's <clears> coming <throat> off a loss. Aldo got a title shot off of that fight yeah. and lo- technically lost. Yeah. Marais is fighting a guy who's coming off of a loss. To Aljo. Yep. So, in a way, the UFC is basically looking at it like you lost that fight. Yeah. And Which, I think he's going to come out with some... some uh, for Sandhagen, he had a very... Underwhelming. I don't want to say underwhelming because Aljo just was looked amazing. Amazing, yeah. but I feel like it was a very heartbreaking defeat. For we him. didn't see that coming. No, the way it went down. I mean, he didn't get to show anything. No, not at all. Aljo dominated. So he's looking to bounce back here. A guy with limitless potential. Yes, young, but this is a tough matchup. Yes, it is. And we're going to break down that entire main card. Uh, don't sleep on this card either, my friends. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that main event is huge. But also, 
you got the return of one of the most exciting strikers the UFC has seen, Edson Barboza. Yep. Up there. Big fight for him. We've got He's, Ben Rothwell coming back with yep. heavyweight. It's a good fight night card. Can't wait to break it down. Yep. And we'll be doing that on Friday. Monday, we will be recapping those fights that happen on Saturday. So, Dom, tell the people where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at dslee 14 You can find our podcast on Instagram at BelowAverageJoes underscore podcast. You can find the podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google. Go to our Anchor website and you'll find about 17 more places you can find the podcast. (laughs) It's in the bio, the link tree, and I know Noah's going to hit it. So, over to you. If you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at NTBaker underscore, you will be taken to our link tree which contains links to every platform we are on, major platform um, and social media. So our YouTube channel links on there, our Instagram, our Apple, Spotify, Anchor, um, Google, and there's even another link on there if you want to make a donation to the yep. podcast, basically. Support us for the future. Yeah, so basically any money we that is sent to us from that just goes back into the podcast. Yep. Um, just for things in the future, like if we want to do a video podcast. Yep. That kind of uh, contribution would be huge for us. Yeah. Because it doesn't take too many. It does not take too many to start a video podcast for us. That's right. That's it doesn't true. take much. We sound pretty crisp with the audio right now, and this mic was not that expensive. Yeah. So I we, sure... We've talked about it before, and yeah. it's, it's in the future. It's just a matter of if. Yeah. Or a matter of when, not if. Yeah, right, so. exactly. And, uh, yeah, so again, you can find all of that on my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore. And with that, we're out. And we're going to see y'all on...